Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Carl Fix. He practiced law for over 30 years and walked away to help entrepreneurs be more physically active and less stressed. And I'm getting the scoop today on how he did it. Okay, so to kick things off, like that is a pretty big life change, right? You went from being a lawyer to making it your mission to help entrepreneurs. Like what prompted you to make that switch? Sure. Well, for starters, thanks for having me, Christine. I'm psyched to be here. and I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Uh, I'm very passionate about fitness and wellness, and it is uh, a bedrock success principle in my life. And it's the way I got through a very busy uh, law practice. I was... Uh, very athletic as a kid, through high school, through college, a little bit through law school, and then I fell off a cliff the first five years of my practice. And I did not pay attention to myself. And I woke up one morning and realized this was not sustainable. I need to get back to what I did as, as a younger guy. And I got back on the fitness wagon and I found over those 30 plus years that that allowed me to put in these mega hours. And that's not unique to the legal profession. Everybody's busy. But I found uh, with this fitness component in my life, it just allowed me, gave me great clarity of thought and allowed me to handle a lot of stuff that came at me very fast. So it seems to be a natural progression. You? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, it, no, it, it helped me in that uh, I would be able to, I, I'd love to work out in the morning. So uh, I would work out in the morning and I would clarify some things in my mind, some objections that I had, some friction. And I would work them through. So when I would get to the office at 7.30 or 8 in the morning after having worked out, I had much more clarity. And I said, okay, we can deal with this. Um, and, and again, it allowed me to put in these hours because we're all busy, as, as we all know. We're all busy working. But then we have this other thing called life, uh, which you know we all have responsibilities. We might have a spouse, a partner. We might be a parent. We might be involved in elder care, in the community, in your church, whatever. So as this work thing rolls on, you also have this life thing. And it just allowed me to handle a lot of things all at once. I think that's just really interesting because, you know, most people, one of their biggest excuses for not being more physically active is that they don't have time. And it's like you're saying the opposite was true for you. That by making the time to be physically active, it actually helped you get more done in the day instead of taking time away from getting things done. Hundred uh, percent. I find most of the successful entrepreneurs have a schedule, and they keep a schedule. It's it's not a laissez-faire. I'll get to it when I get to it. They it's a personality type. They have a schedule. Fitness, frankly, should be scheduled. If you put it on the schedule, there's some accountability. And one thing that always cracks me up is. People love Starbucks, as we know. And if you don't have the Starbucks app and you're in line, you might be in line for 20 to 25 minutes. But people will do that. There are great 20-minute workouts uh, that people may not know about or may just ignore. They'd rather have their coffee. So to me, it's a bit of a paradox that you're okay with standing in a Starbucks line for 20 minutes to get your coffee, but you can't work out for 20 minutes. I don't get that. So I, I think there you have the time you just need to schedule it and put it on your calendar and i love to do it in the morning as i said because then i own it nobody can take it from me and we all know days go sideways we have a punch list of things we want to do 
you know, one to five, you, you finish one and all of a sudden there's a client or a customer in crisis and you need to fight that fire. And it's the end of the day. You haven't gotten anything you wanted to get to and you have no time for your workout. So I would, again, I love the mornings and I work out and then I owned it. Nobody and nothing could take it from me. I think I heard something. I don't remember where I heard it from, but it stuck with me. And it was like, it's not that we don't have enough time. It's how we're choosing to prioritize our time. I mean, that's exactly what you just said with the you know, Starbucks reference that it really is just a matter of choosing your time. And I say this knowing full well that I am absolutely terrible at it. That was part of what made me really interested in having you on as a guest because I'm not a morning person. I don't roll out of bed, happy to greet the day. I would happily curl back under the covers and stay there all day long. And it's like, but everybody tells you there's all this power in these morning routines and I've never been able to do them. And it's like, I'm not even like a human until about nine or 10 o'clock. Yeah, so that's okay uh, because it, it is not for everybody. And that's actually another uh, principle that I preach is flexibility. So you're not a morning person. So if you can, you know, on your calendar, block off a half hour from 1 p.m. to 1.30 and have that as your workout time and, and make it sacred space, you know, that, that nobody can touch this. Uh, again, unless there's a real legit crisis. Uh, and just carve it out and make it happen. And you can also build other accountability things in, like uh, if you meet a friend to walk around a high school track, you know, you're going to meet that friend at 1 p.m. You don't want to disappoint him or her. You want to get there. You know they're going to be there. So if you say, gosh, my, my friend Ann is going to be at the track, I really got to get there, you're going to get there because that's a little accountability hack uh, that'll make it happen. Yeah. Well, I love looking at some of those kinds of things for like when I was prepping some of the stuff I was going to talk to you about, it's like, okay, well, what are the challenges? What are the excuses? How can we maybe break some of those down and find solutions to them? So I like that one. Like make sure that you actually schedule the time, hold it sacred, find someone that's going to do it with you. So you feel like you're going to let them down. I think that's a fantastic hack. Um, what are some other things? Like what are some other excuses that you've heard people you know, give you for why they can't or why it's hard or why they couldn't do it that day or? Uh, for some folks, it's an attainability thing. Like uh, I've run a bunch of marathons and I only say that to inform, not to impress. And somebody says, well, how the heck could you do that? Uh, well, when I started out, I could not run two miles. That, as I said, uh, the first five years of my practice, I just was hammering the hours. And then at night I was hammering the fettuccine Alfredo and I just, I gained a ton of weight. And then I realized this is not good. I always wanted to run the New York city marathon. So that was my goal. And when I started out, I could not run two miles without stopping. And that shocked me, but I just kept at it. And you, you you come up with a plan. That's something I do with my clients. Everybody has plans at work. They have strategic plans. They have business plans. They have metrics. People are really good about that. And that is, that's a transferable skill. You can do that and design a fitness plan. Or if a fitness plan is designed for you, you can follow it. So I just simply came up with a plan and I followed it. But uh, there, there's an attainability thing. So somebody could say, well, I could never run a marathon. Yeah, I bet you could. I, I bet you could, even though you may not think you can run a mile, you, you can. So 
you know, another thing is I ran a five kilometer road race in October. That's 3.1 miles. The race organizers gave the field 80 minutes for that 5K. That's approximately 27 minutes per mile. In that race, and I use air quotes, there were people pushing strollers on rollerblades, on um, skateboards, running, walking. Everybody, it was it, all types of folks. And that is an incredible um, opportunity to have some really positive energy. If there's a five, and if 5Ks are all over the place, if there's a five kilometer road race in your neighborhood, sign up for it because you'll meet some really cool people and it's a, it's a really good time. And you don't have to lay down six minute miles like Olympians. You know, most race organizers will give you 25 to 30 minutes per mile to finish that. That is attainable and that's doable and it'll just really pump you up. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, I know there's a lot of mindset issue. There's a lot of, you know, issues around time management, around priorities. I think in a lot of ways, I feel like it's almost worse for women, but maybe that's just because I am one and we have to show up a little bit differently. So it's like, especially in this world with all these Zoom meetings and things like that now, it's like carving out 30 minutes and going and getting sweaty. Well, now you're going to need a shower and then you're going to have to blow dry your hair and then you're going to have to redo your makeup and then you're going to need, so you need basically another, you know, 30, 40 minutes to get yourself back together. So it's like you've spent more time getting back together than you did actually exercising. Uh, well, you, you said something about, uh, you know, showing up. We, we're, we're all in service to others. You know, you're in service to your clients, your customers, you're in service to the community with this podcast in service to your family. In order to be in service, you have to be. You have to be vertical. You have to be alive. You have to be able to honor your commitments and honor your word. So it's really a self-care thing. And and don't confuse self-care with selfishness. Little self-care is not being selfish. You know, I like to tell the story. There was a guy on my street, his wife gave birth to her third child and he needed a break. So he went to Italy alone for a week. Uh, we have, I have two children with my wife that, that childbirth looked pretty uh, rigorous. Now she needed a break after that. I didn't jet off to Italy because I needed a break. So there's a difference between self-care and selfishness and the self-care in my humble opinion allows you to be in service. Uh, it's no different than if you're an Uber driver and your car is in the shop, you're just Christina with a car that doesn't work. You're not Christina, the Uber driver, because your tools of the trade are offline. So if you have a, multiple businesses, they depend on Christina. So you've got to be, to be in service, you have to be. So I think self-care allows you to uh, accomplish that. And I think most people, me included, wait until they start having health issues or, you know, have a bigger health scare even before they make that realization to what you just said, that it's like, I can't do the things I need to do and be who I need to be for people in my life if I can't be, you know, if I'm, if something's wrong. I think that was a huge, like, I've just started working on fitness. So I have never in my entire life been a physically active person. The closest that I got was um, back in high school in marching band. And I had a mm -hmm. blast in marching band. And that was about it. I don't even think, I don't think I've ever ran. I don't think I've ever run. 
for anything. Maybe when one of my kids was like little and falling and I ran to catch them, but that was probably about it. It's like, I'm as far (laughs) out of all of that as you could possibly get. So it's been a huge uphill battle to even do something like working out for like 30 minutes. Like I sit all day at a desk. I have a standing desk, making myself use it a little bit more and things like that. It's just been, it's a mindset thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, a couple things. My wife is not a runner, but she works out and she walks too fast for me. I cannot, I cannot keep up with her. So I, I would rather run or ride a bike. She walks fast. So if she asked me, do you want to go for a walk? I said, I always say, oh, well, I'll go for a stroll because I can't keep up with you walking. She's just a fast walker. But if you start small, and, and when I speak to groups, I, I love this story. I pulled it out of runner's world. There was a 65-year-old guy in Georgia, uh, I know where you are, um, who was a two and a half pack smoker per day. And he wanted to stop. So he decided that every time he wanted to smoke a butt, he would run to his mailbox. And he said the first time he did that, he almost threw up. And then he would do it again. And then the next time he wanted a cigarette, he would run to the telephone pole on his street. And then it became the tree down the street. And then the public park down the street. Long story short, this guy ended up running an ultra marathon. And his, his quote was, was awesome. He said, uh, as slow as I go, I'm faster than my couch. So he started really, really small, just running to his mailbox. And that's, that's doable. So you can break it down into small bite-sized pieces and it just, it works out. I mean, if, if I said to you, okay, Christina, we're, we're going to run 10 miles today. You'd say, wow, Carl, you're crazy. But if I say, okay, we're going to go two miles, then we're going to walk two miles, then we're going to run a mile, then we're going to walk another two miles, you think, well, maybe I can do that. So if you just break it down, it it helps with your your mindset thing. And what are some activities that you typically recommend for somebody who's just starting to get back and try and be active? Well, here's a great 20-minute workout. Like I, I mentioned the high school track. I love running around the track in my town. If you go to your high school track, one loop around that track is 400 meters, also about a quarter mile. If you set your your watch to 20 or 25 minutes, however long you want to do it, walk one loop and then do a slow jog and then walk and then do a slow jog. And the next thing you know, 20 minutes will be gone. And that's a nice little workout. Um, You could also do you can do these things without fancy equipment, too. You can do something called step ups and box box jumps and you can tie it in with some push-ups and some sit-ups so basically uh, a step up is using the stairs in your house you you go up one or two and then you back down you go up one or two then you back down do 40 of those and then a box is like a milk crate jump up on the box and then jump back down do 30 of those and then scale it down and then do if you want do 20 sit-ups and then 10 push-ups and then hit repeat do that for 20 minutes. That's a good way to get started. Uh, and these these short workouts, um, I changed um, a, my workout regime about 10 years ago. I, I started doing CrossFit way before CrossFit was popular. And I hired a coach. And he was giving me 20-minute workouts. And I remember, Christina, that like it was yesterday, I said to this guy, Max, I said, 20 minutes? Are you kidding me? Because I was used to very long workouts. He said, when you're done with these workouts I'm giving you, you will be crying for your mama. 
And he was right. I mean, you know, some of the 20 minute workouts he gave me, it's this high intensity interval training hit very short, very high intensity, but very good. So there are a bunch of workouts you can do without fancy equipment. You know, you go to your high school track, you need a pair of, you need a pair of running shoes or a good pair of sturdy walking shoes. That's it. Yep. I talked to one guy that was a personal trainer and he specializes in working with entrepreneurs. And he said like, even though he owned a gym and like he actually lives above his gym. So it's like, he doesn't even have to travel. He can literally just go downstairs and be at his gym that he went like, I think it was like two or three years. He said where he didn't exercise at all in his own gym. And he was a personal trainer and he was helping other people. And his own mindset kind of got in the way and he started wearing like baggy clothes so people couldn't tell that he was gaining weight and things like that. And he said he just figured out he was just stuck and he couldn't get past it. And he said this trick that he used to get past the mindset and to get himself to go do it was he said, I am only going to do it for five minutes. I will not exercise for more than five minutes. And so when he approached it that way, instead of saying like, I'm going to do at least 20, saying I can only do five And he said it just retrained his brain to enjoy it again. He said he kept, when he hit the five, he didn't really want to stop. But it felt attainable that he was only going to do it for five. No more than five, no matter what, that was it. And he hit the five and he wanted to go over, but he made himself stop. And he did that a few times and then he made it 10 minutes and then he made it 20 minutes and then he made it until he had gotten past the mindset. I thought that was a neat approach. I mean, it's kind of like the flip side of what you're doing, but something about the way his brain works that worked for him. Yeah. So I, I, I get it. So uh, I'll share this, this story of a very good friend of mine at, at my old law firm died in his sleep last March. It was a big deal. I texted a friend of mine and said, Hey, uh, if you haven't been to a cardiologist go, he responded and said, funny, I just went. He told me I needed to lose 25 pounds in a year. I responded, not a problem. I can help you. That's only two pounds a month or a half a pound a week. And he responded. He said, well, when you put it that way, it seems doable. Because it is. If, you, if, if I said, Christina, you need to lose 25 pounds by Sunday. Well, you're going to have to cut off an arm to make that happen. But when I, when I, and it wasn't a pitch. This is a friend of mine. And I said, a half a pound a week. We can do that. And, and that makes it doable. That's the five minutes that you just shared with your friend. You know, and it's ironic that you say that I lived in the legal world for so long. So many lawyers run around saying you need an, a will. You need, you know, estate planning. The number of lawyers without wills is staggering. You know, yep. we need to practice what we preach. Uh, you know, every every lawyer will tell you, do you have a will? Because you need one. And then the, the response should be, well, do you have one? Because if the answer is no, it's why should I listen to you? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know? I think that's true across like so many industries. Like I've been in marketing for, you know, 15 years now and it's, you know, marketers are the same way. Like we have the mechanic with the car that doesn't work, you know, I mean, it's like, we're not doing our own marketing most of the time and you've got, you know, people that are in sales and stuff and they're not doing sales for themselves. And it just, it, it seems to be like a trend that most people don't actually practice what they preach for some reason. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's funny. I, again, when I started practicing law, I graduated in 1988. I finally had enough money to buy a new car in 1990. It was my first new car. 
What did that mean? What that meant was I cleaned the rims of my new car with a toothbrush. I was fastidious with my new car. I'd have it detailed. I'd clean the rims with a toothbrush, as I said. I would vacuum the interior, regular oil changes. I took care of that new car way better than I took care of myself. So I'm not saying don't go buy the new car. It's, it was a big deal to me. It was my first new car. But when I woke up five years down the road, I said, I'm treating this car way better than I'm treating me. This is, this is kind of wacky. We need to change that up. So there are a lot of busy and successful professionals and entrepreneurs who do treat their cars better than their bodies. Yeah, so, something in their lives, they spend more time on their business or, you know, more time on cleaning their house or more time on, you know, watching, binging Netflix or reading business books. Or I think everybody's yeah, kind of got, they've got their thing that is easy to focus on that makes them feel good. That's not necessarily doing anything for them. Right. I'm a huge Rolling Stones fan. Okay. Mick Jagger is 78 years old. He was born in July of 43. Every three-hour Stones concert, Jagger averages running 12 miles per show. That doesn't happen by accident. And there's a guy, 78, who, who is just staying at it. And he's a, he's a workout maniac. And it allows him to be in service to the millions and millions of Rolling Stone fans around the world. And I just look at that guy and I think he's got it down because he can still go out and bang out a three hour concert. You know, the Charlie Watts, who just passed away, said he would love watching Mick during the shows. You know, Charlie was just back there drumming and he'd see Mick running and running and running. But uh, again, that didn't happen by accident. Mick Jagger works out and it allows him to be what he is at the age of 78. So I think we have uh, entrepreneurial equivalents of that too. I mean, you see these people like almost every successful business person that you see has some form of workout routine. They're working with a personal trainer. They're getting up and they're doing like yoga or running a mile or something before they start their day. It's just, it's a trend that you see over and over again. Everybody who's successful is like carving out that time for themselves in the day. Uh, Yeah. And again, it's, it's what, allowed me to uh, work these Herculean hours. And I was on the litigation side of the house. I mean, in law, you basically two sides of the ledger. You got litigation or transactional. Litigation was, you know, kind of a full contact sport. But in litigation, Christina, there's so much you can't control. If, If I inherited a file and I'm defending a client, you have the facts of the case, the law of the case, the judge assigned to the case, your opposing attorney, your opposing party, the media, depending on what kind of case it is. These are all things that are completely out of your control. What's within your control is your ability to schedule a workout in the morning to allow you to handle all of the things that are out of your control more resiliently. So it's really, uh, it's kind of a breathe deep Let's we can't if we can't control it, what can we control? So it's it's almost like taking an inventory. All right. We can't control that. Um, but here's what I do have control over. And it's it's getting up and working out. Or in your case, if you don't if you're not a morning person, just scheduling that. Um, and then it allows you to handle all of these things that come at you fast. We all get curveballs. 
And, you know, how do we respond to them? I just, again, it helped me respond to all of these things, building in this fitness component. Well, I can see that the way you talked about how it helps you kind of think about your day before you even got started and address some of what's coming up. And I mean, you went in already kind of having set the tone for your whole day. It's like, it makes a lot of sense where that would work. Now, I know, like, I try and keep these around 20, 30 minutes. I know I've kept you talking for about 25. Um, I want to hear more kind of about what you do, because I know you help people with a lot of these hurdles. Like, we've talked about a lot of things that people have to go through and things they have to struggle. And I know that's something you help people with. So can you tell us a little bit more about, like, you, what you do, who you like to work with? Sure. Uh, I What I do is I like to speak to groups, community groups, bar associations, companies, and I have a program and I talk about my program. So it's kind of one to many, but I also do one-on-one coaching. If somebody was in the fitness game and they don't know how to get back, I'll help them get back. Uh, If they've never been in the game and they want to get into the game, I can help them do that as well. So I like to work with folks that are uh, motivated to change things up And, you know, goal oriented, which most entrepreneurs are, because, you know, in my system, the first thing is to formulate a goal. You know, what do you what do you want out of this? If you want to run a marathon, we can do that. If you just want to feel better, we can do that, too. So that's like right out of the gates. Let's let's formulate a goal and then we'll go from there. And when I speak to larger groups, I, I, I spoke to a large group of attorneys at an insurance company recently. It was something that the person that dialed me into that just wanted her team to, to get some hacks to be a little more resilient because the pandemic, as you well know, um, has really impacted folks um, negatively. Uh, you know, weight gain is through the roof, depression, anxiety, the whole package, feeling of isolation and loneliness. And um, fitness, I think, again, um, is a is a way back to feeling better at, about yourself. It's well established that fitness is a common prescription, non-drug prescription to combat anxiety and depression. So that's my, when I speak to these groups, I, again, share what worked for me and invite the groups to be curious and to try a few things out. And I'm hopeful and confident that, that they'll work um, for the folks I'm speaking with. Yeah, I love a lot of that. I heard, um, I don't remember where I heard this one at either, but this one person was telling me that if you can't get motivated, sometimes you just have to get committed. I said, sometimes commitment can get you through more than motivation can because the motivation can come later as long as you're committed to taking the action. And I thought that was um, really powerful. I, I like that. Yeah, it, it is. And and again, that's that accountability too. You know, if you've committed to your friend that you're going to meet her at the track uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at one o'clock, you're going to hold that space and, and you're going to be there. So you're, you're committed. And believe me, there are many mornings, you know, I live in New England and it's now winter and, it, you know, it's cold and it's dark. And, you know, I went out for a long ride um, recently. It was 27 degrees out. But what I was doing, and you talk about commitment, that there's this, um, Chris Doris, this mental toughness coach, talks about uh, all in this all being all in. He describes it as an infinitely committed state. And what I did is I I was 
playful on LinkedIn. I had a cycling goal and I basically stood and I did a selfie and I said, we'll ride for you. And what I was doing was riding miles in honor or in memory of somebody. Uh, And that way it became more of a kind of a community thing. Well, a friend of mine reached out and I was doing a 40 mile ride in honor of his mother. I got up that Saturday morning. It was 25 or 27 degrees, as I said. And I thought, oh man, it's going to be cold out. You know, you're riding 16, 17 miles an hour. The wind chill is now 15, 16, 17 miles. I have the right gear, but it's dark and it's cold. But I committed to ride these miles for my friend's mother. And that is one of the things that got me out of bed and got me onto the bike. And when I finished that ride, I, it was like rocket fuel. And that, that was a, I was infinitely committed to doing this because I gave this guy my word. That's a smart way to approach it. I have never thought about it like that. That is a really cool trick. Um, yeah. So if somebody was just trying to like get started on this like approach and they want to learn more about you, where would they go? Uh, my website, carlfix.com. And it, actually, if you go on the website or carlfix.com forward slash free, uh, there's a, uh, I've got a, a piece, basically 10 steps to get back in the game, which might be helpful to your audience. So again, carlfix.com forward slash free. Um, it's 10 hacks or steps that uh, were helpful and have been helpful to me uh, that I think your, your audience and your community might find helpful. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, I post every Friday. I do this thing called the Friday Fix, where I just I I offer tips um, and little anecdotes and stories to help motivate and inspire people. I do that every Friday. I started that beginning of the year. Uh, tomorrow will be episode number fifty because it's week fifty. Nice. And uh, yeah, I've been doing that uh, once a week the entire year. Um, I'm on Facebook as well, so. Uh, I'd love to connect with anybody in your audience on LinkedIn. Awesome. And I will make sure those links are somewhere around this video, wherever you happen to be watching the video from. Um, So I'll make sure those links are there so you can get straight to it. Thank you for sharing that resource. That's really cool. Yeah, I had, I had fun writing it. And again, it's, it's things that have helped me. And uh, I think they, at least one of the 10 would be helpful to folks that are listening. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing all of your expertise with us. Is there anything else that you would like to, any final advice or tips you'd like to share? Uh, I would just uh, like to say, invite people to just get out there and keep moving. Just keep moving. Uh, you know, I when I give my talk, I say most of us uh, have been stuck in the Atlanta airport. All right. We're changing planes in Atlanta. We're stuck. We have a layover half hour walking around the Atlanta airport or any airport for that matter is a great way to kill some time. And it's, it's serving multiple purposes, you know, great people watching. Uh, you can look at the departure and arrival board. It takes you to various places, but you're moving. And the next thing, you know, that two hour delay is now condensed to an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes. Cause you've been out walking. I was just down a couple of weeks ago in the Fort Lauderdale airport walking from terminal terminal to terminal and they had signs FLL walking path and they were giving the distances between the terminals I took a photo of it because I want to use it in my PowerPoint but there you go I mean Fort Lauderdale has four terminals so 
you know, from terminal three to terminal two, it said 0.35 miles, something like that. Oh, okay. If I know if I walk to terminal two and come back seven tenths of a mile, better than sitting around. Um, so just keep moving in some way, shape or form. And there's no downside to that. Yep. That's actually the last time I ran, come to think of it, was the Atlanta airport. So getting one plane <laughs> coming go. in a little bit late and the next one leaving a little bit early and on the other side of the airport. And my son sure. did not want so you... to take the little train in the airport. He wanted to get on the people movers, those little side, the moving sidewalks. And, you know, they don't go the whole way. So it's like you have to run from one to the next one. And then we ran on those sidewalks. So you feel like you're going fast as anything. Right. And with our yeah. luggage. And so he was having a so blast you were doing... doing that. Yeah, you were doing your full-on home alone uh, recreation of running to yeah, catch that flight. Pretty much, yeah. The, the McAllister the family, <laughs> right? Yep, catching that and flight. It's like to with our little luggage on wheels, things you know, with you, and it's like we're going on the little moving sidewalks, and they make noise as you're rolling over the like running down those moving sidewalks. So it's just like yeah. like the whole way. It was great. He had a blast. Yeah. I was out of breath. I was like, I can't. Whew. But we, I did, so that's actually the last time I ran. So that's that's hopefully really you made great. your flight. Yeah, we did. And then he wanted yeah. to do it again so just, when we got back. So just keep moving. That that's it. I love There's that. No well, thank you again so much for coming on and for sharing all these great tips. I think this is such an important topic, and I know you've shared things that have helped me. So well, thanks, Christina. It's been an honor, and I've had a lot of fun chatting with you. Oh, you too. Silly entrepreneurs, guys, this is your call to take action. So head over to our community at etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life. Till next time. Bye.